I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about Ellis Island. So grab your medical inspection. And let's get civical. Hello, everybody! Hello, everybody! Happy New Year! And <laughs> welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I'm Lizzie Stewart. And I am Arden Walentowski. And it's a new year in the same us. So <laughs> I hope you weren't expecting anything different. <laughs> oh my god. Happy New Year. It feels Happy new like year. 
every new start to a new year feels like a moment to evaluate and cleanse and, you know, think about your goals and your perspectives and whatever. And I've really decided this year that I am going for incremental positive change. Okay. Because because when you make grand, you know, big goals that feel hard to accomplish, it just makes it so daunting. So my goal is to just do like small little things. Small little things. Small little steps towards my like bigger, you know, ideas so that it doesn't feel so daunting. That's my New Year's resolution. Wow. And here I am being like, I'm going to change everything about myself. I mean, do you? That is my plan. That does not have to be a plan for everybody. That is a plan that might work for me. I'm going to try it. And who knows? Maybe it'll You try it. Yeah. We're all going to – look, you can set goals. You cannot set goals. As long as you don't kill anybody, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a good year. Put that on a mug. (laughs) The only goal for myself this year is not to murder a single person. <laughs> well, now that you're doing Whole30, I, that is uh, the statistic. That is true. That is, that's going to be hard. That's going to be hard. Not having sugar. We'll see. Not we'll having see sugar, your chips and salsa, uh, it's woe, t- <laughs> woe to those who come in contact. I cut myself off at the knees. That's what I did. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> I wanted to start. I wanted to start the year off on my hands and knees, begging to be forgiven for all of my sins, pleading and with Jesus Christ our Savior, please forgive me. I will not eat chips and salsa. Yeah, <laughs> Amen. But today we thought that we would start off this new year with a warm. I don't know. This isn't really a warm, but like a like a familiar. National site, yes, you know, yes. This this beacon, or what was supposed to be a beacon of of hope for a lot of people, yeah. Um, the 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 front door to America, you could call it. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk about something that lives in our own backyard, and that is the one, the only Ellis Island. Yeah. And we're talking about it because it opened on January 1st, back in the day. Yeah. Which I feel like is a great time to open something or to, like, commemorate, like, and now here it is. Like, January 1 is a very strong date. It's a very, it says something about what you're doing. If you're starting on January 1, it's like when, you know... I feel like Hamilton, I mean, maybe you can cut this if this is not true, but I feel like Hamilton (laughs) opened on like July 4th. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a statement. Sure. Sure. (laughs) I, that could, that could be false, but I'm going to keep it in here because regardless of if it's true or false, it sounds like it's true. It sounds like it's true. And you know what? If it's not true, woe to those publicity people who missed an opportunity. I mean, missed opportunity. And if they did do that, we can't. Bless. Yeah. So anywho, I'm very excited to talk about this because we've already talked about the Statue of Liberty, which if you haven't listened to our Statue of Liberty episode, please go and listen to it because it pairs like a fine wine to a cheese Mm -hmm. to this episode that we're about to do because they are what you could call next door neighbors. Yes. You could call, you could visit them on the same boat tour. To see one is to see the other in Mm -hmm. many ways. Yeah. 
Um, so definitely listen to that episode. And I lost my train of thought. Well, I will say this. So we have the Statue of Liberty episode. And then as I was doing the research for this, my girlfriend asked what the episode was about. And I told her and she said, are you going to talk about the hospital? And I was like, oh, yeah, the abandoned one, the abandoned one. So the information I, I say that ad- as though Ellis Island is not all abandoned, but I mean, it's not abandoned, <laughs> no, she's still she's like- still up and running. She's still functional now. Um, yeah. But I didn't put anything in here about the hospital. And I think that should be a bonus episode. It should be its <gasps> own separate. Okay. I don't think okay. we should bury that information. I think we should do a mini on the hospital. And I oh also think we should we need to go there because remember last year we I had this yes. grand plan when like it was May and uh, and yeah. the Statue of Liberty was going to be open in July and I bought us tickets and basically donated that money to whomever owns Statue of Liberty. <laughs> I would say the city of New York, the, the city country. of New York, <laughs> Take the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> but she anyway, was a gift. I, <laughs> we own her. It was a gift. It was a gift. I'm writing it off on my taxes. <laughs> but I feel like we should. When all of this opens, we should go see it and we should go see the hospital. Yes. We should do a mini. I put me if my dream is to every day visit an abandoned building, it's a historical the best. abandoned ba- mm-hmm. building. Mm-hmm. That is where I shine. That's yes. my heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. You tell me that this structure used to be a tuberculosis hospital. Oh. My body will leave my soul, or my soul will leave my body. <laughs> this is the soul standing right there, right there. Woo! Uh, we're starting off so strong. And by we, I mean I am coming out guns blazing. Oh my God. It's because you've only had tomatoes for the last three days. It's true. It's true. I know. I've been on Whole30 for three days and I'm acting like. <laughs> It's a significant change. Three Blood days. sugar is low. Morale is low. <laughs> We've got 27 days to go. We have 27 days to go. No, but uh, I love abandoned buildings. We absolutely will do a little mini on the hospital yes. because yummy, yum, yum in my tummy, tum, tum, mm-hmm. that abandoned structure. Yeah. But I feel like without further ado, let's jump into the actual, the the unabandoned portion of the islands. Yes. And that is Ellis herself. Mm-hmm. And and before we really deep dive, just say who our source is. Everybody listen, already knows it, but it's just listen. just give her time in the sun. It's, we wouldn't leave her behind. We're bringing this source no. into 2022. She is with gumption. With gumption, the most phenomenal source. She's ushering in our first episode of 2022. You know or you love her. History.com. I really, I can't even, we should just have stock in this website. We should, I don't understand. I would absolutely, I put all my money into this website. Uh, All my money. That and the Library of Congress, take it. Take it. Done. Done, done, done. Yum, yum, yum. Yeah. So history.com. I mean, there were a couple of articles that they had on her, on Ellis Island. One was just like kind of a a historical overview of the island. And then there was like a nine things you never knew. And Mm. of course, I didn't know any of them. And some of them were like jaw dropping. So yeah, so we're gonna do some fun facts at the end. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, everybody, let's stretch our hands and swan dive into the first episode of 2022, starting off with 
What is she? What is Ellis Island? For those of you who may not know, because you may not, and that's okay. So Ellis Island is a historical site that opened in 1892 as an immigration station, a purpose it served for more than 60 years until it closed in 1954, which, yes, was long ago, but also not that long ago. Not that long ago. Like our, that's, this is around, like our, like our, our grandparents were definitely yeah. alive. Our parents are about to be born. Right. You know, or are already just born. Like right. this isn't this is, a long is, time ago. No, this is very close to the moon landing. Very close. You could argue 15 years. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Ellis Island is located at the mouth of the Hudson River between New York and New Jersey, and it saw millions of newly arrived immigrants pass through its doors. Like, millions and millions of people pass through Ellis Island. Yep. In fact, it has been estimated that close to 40% of all current U.S. citizens can trace at least one of their ancestors to Ellis Island. That's amazing. It is. A lot of people. That's a lot of people. Think about it. Yeah. 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 Right right in our own backyard, our own little watering hole. Yeah. Absolutely wild. Crazy. So let's talk about the kind of people who passed through Ellis Island. When Ellis Island opened, a great change was taking place in U.S. immigration. Fewer arrivals were coming from Northern and Western Europe i.e. Germany, Ireland, Britain, and the Scandinavian countries, as more and more immigrants poured in from Southern and Eastern Europe. Among this new generation were Jews escaping from political and economic oppression in Tsarist Russia, and Eastern European and Italians escaping poverty in their country. There were also Poles, Polish people, hi, that's me, Hungarians, Czechs, hi, Serbs, Slovaks, and Greeks, along with non-Europeans from Syria, Turkey, and Armenia. So, like, lots of different types of people. Yeah. Lots of different, you know, people who were coming because they wanted a better life than what they had in their home country. Yeah. I would really like to find... I can't remember who in my, like, family line came from poland like at what point mm-hmm. you know, like if, if it was like my great-great-grandfather or whatever i can't remember yeah. i should find out and i want to find out like where they like what their po- Came point in. of entry was yeah yeah i mean it's uh, there's like a 60 percent chance it was probably on the side like where yeah. my thing is like i know that there are other places that people obviously gained entry yeah but you know where what were those <laughs> ports <laughs> yeah seriously and how did how did how did my ancestors end up in michigan like that to me is so wild like why there yeah it's very cold the reasons these groups of people left their homes in the old world included war drought famine and religious persecution and all had hopes for greater opportunity in the new world after an arduous sea voyage immigrants arriving at ellis island were tagged with information from their ship's registry Then they waited on long lines for medical and legal inspections to determine if they were fit for entry into the United States. From 1900 to 1914, the peak years of Ellis Island's operation, an average of 1,900 people passed through the immigration station every day. 
most successfully passed through in a matter of hours, but others could be detained for days or weeks. Many immigrants remained in New York while others traveled by barge to railroad stations in Hoboken or Jersey City, New Jersey on their way to destinations across the country. So they're taking yeah, it's... they're taking ships, they're going to Ellis Island. Right. They're and staying they're, in the they're city they're or they're going on. Yeah, they're spreading their out. Final destination is. Yep. It is insane to think and I, you know because immigration nowadays is such a hot topic and you know it, it is wild to think of just, like, hundreds of people, like, being, seeing hundreds of people getting let in, you know? Like, yeah. like nearly 2,000 people every day. They're just, you know, obviously they're detaining some, but it wasn't a very uh, scrutinizing examination, you know? If you were in relatively good health and didn't have anything visibly wrong with you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not they, they didn't stop you, which to me is... It's, I don't know, it's hard to wrap my head around. Yeah, that basically it was just, like, they wanted to know who was coming in, which is, like, mm-hmm. okay, fair. Like, who are you? Like, we know who our citizens are here, who were born here, so who are you who are mm-hmm. coming in? You know, like, that's fair. So, speaking of, you know, letting people in, let's talk about what actually went down at Ellis Island, what people had to do in order to gain entry. So immigrants were subjected to physical and mental exams to ensure that they were fit for admittance in the United States. Upon arrival, immigrants were ushered into a room called the Great Hall and paraded before a series of medical officers for physical inspection, which I'm sure was a guy in a white coat looking up and down and being like, I don't see boils or sores. Right. Oh, great. <laughs> like, you look moderately strong and healthy. Sure. Okay. Come on in. Okay, cool. Most were allowed to pass in a matter of seconds, but seconds. 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 That's great. Like, it's literally a glance up, a glance down. Right, right, right. Ah. But those whom the doctors deemed physically or mentally deficient were marked with chalk and taken away for additional screening. Questionable candidates were forced to submit to more detailed questioning and medical exams, and any signs of contagious disease, poor physique, feeble-mindedness, or insanity could see an immigrant denied admittance on the grounds that they were likely to become a ward of the state. Yeah. So you can come in our country, but we don't want to take care of you once you get here. That's basically yeah. what the U.S. was saying when when they came in, right? But at also, this I point, hate the term "feeble mindedness." It's just so it's so old. It's so old. It's so old. It's so old. Yeah, but this is something that we do with, like, you know, I have a good friend who, I mean, she came from the U.K., but she when she married her husband, and I mean, and like a, I mean, they're married. They have the kids. You know, it's a it was a real thing, not just like a green card marriage. But when they got married, they basically, the government was like, okay, like, but she can't go, she can't, like, I forget what the word is, like, partake in public services for basically, Mm. like, three years, five years, whatever the term is, because she was, like, marrying into the country, and they, like, the U.S. doesn't want to be responsible for you. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. You also have to, like, renounce the queen. I mean, not just, like, the queen. (laughs) Like, that's if you're uh, a citizen of of the United Kingdom, but, you know, whatever other 
head of state you have to renounce. And I'm like, that's, that's so us that's to be so like, us. tell me you don't love them anymore. I right, want right, to hear right. you say it. And that you love us. And and that I'm the only, I'm I am the, the only, only man for you. The, I am the apple of your eye. Yeah. Yep. It's most you.s. thing. Yep. Okay, back to Ellis Island. In later years, doctors at Ellis Island even devised puzzles and memory tests to ensure that certain immigrants were intelligent enough to find work. I can imagine this was discriminatory incredibly so, which we love to see. New arrivals could also face rejection if they were anarchists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you just look at somebody and go, you have anarchists written all over your face, honey bunny? <laughs> like... You, it's not like they can look them me, up. Yeah, really. Your hair to me is screaming, you hate the government. Mm, nope. I'm seeing rage against the machine with this whole <laughs> looky look. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so they could face rejection if they were anarchists, had a criminal record, or show signs, I love us, or showed signs of low moral character. <laughs> How do you even determine How did you that? Decide? It's like where you're just an asshole. <laughs> right, right, right. Like you push the person in front of you, denied. And they're like, okay, it seems like you have low moral character. Mm. Bye. Bye. Man, imagine rejecting somebody from coming into the country. That's crazy. Being like, um, no, like not only bye, but turn around and go across the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> Back to where you back came to where from. you came from on a boat with uh, yeah like good luck good luck Yikes. hope you like scurvy right despite the litany of guidelines for new immigrants the number of people who were actually denied entry at Ellis Island was quite low great of the twelve million people who passed through its doors between eighteen ninety two and nineteen fifty four only about two percent were deemed unfit to become citizens of the United States. And I don't know how much 2% of 12 million is, but it is low. <laughs> it is very low. Hold, hold on, wait. We'll do the math right now. Oh, we'll are you going to do it on your calculator or in I, your brain? I'm. Oh, please, honey, on my calculator. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to count the I'm going to get, can One, I two, guess? Three. Wait, what did we say? 12 million? 1 million. 12, 1. Million. 12 million. And 2% of 12 would be... 500,000? <laughs> this is going to be so profoundly off. 240,000. Okay. So when you're... I, I, that is a C minus answer, which is still passing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea, 
Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So yeah, so 200,000 people of 12 million were denied. Were denied. Entry. That's, that's amazing. That's wild. I, I would imagine that 200,000 people of 12 million had low moral character. <laughs> yes. But I wonder if they were able to tell the serial killers from the non-serial killers as they were letting them in. You know what I, I mean, mean? Those people are hard to If spot. Ted Bundy taught us anything, is it's that serial killers can be hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just rewatched that documentary on uh, on Netflix, like Conversations with Ted Bundy. Mm, sure, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Wow. Segway. Um. So back to. <laughs> oh, it all makes sense. I'm, it all I makes feel sense like we're in still context. in the realm. <laughs> we're still in the realm. I bet Ted Bundy can trace his ancestors back to Ellis Island. Seriously, the moral <laughs> of the story is if if Ted Bundy was trying to get into Ellis Island, they for sure would have let him in because he was charming. For sure. So the later years at Ellis Island, the island eventually became more famous for deportations than immigration. Ellis Island's role as a gateway for immigrants began to change in the early 1920s when a series of federal laws ended the open-door immigration policy and established quotas for the number of new arrivals to the United States. Passage of the Immigrant Quota Act of 1921 and the National Origins Act of 1924 which limited the number of nationality of immigrants allowed into the United States, effectively ended the era of mass immigration into New York. At this point, the smaller number of immigrants began to be processed on their arriving ships, with Ellis Island serving primarily as a temporary detainment center. I mean, yeah, this is when the tides turn. Yeah, it starts to turn. It starts you to know? turn. What, you can't get over Woodrow Wilson being president, so you start shutting people out from entering the country yeah yeah by 1925 the government had also shifted the inspection process from american ports to the u.s consulates abroad leaving ellis island to operate primarily as a detention center and deportation point for undesirable immigrants the island was used to imprison and evict suspected communists (laughs) we were so afraid suspected communists uh, keep going (laughs) yeah yeah and political radicals during the Red Scare. Anarchist Emma Goldman was a notable deportee and later served as a detention center for communists during the Cold War. So I scared. Mean, We're so scared. We ha- I mean, eventually we got to do an episode on... Oh, yeah, um, on the Red Scare. The Red Scare, you know, what's his name, who did all of the 
interrogations of people. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. McCarthy. Yes. Yeah. McCarthy. Yeah. McCarthy hearings. Yeah. We gotta. We gotta dip our. We gotta eat that up. I mean, that's just. Mm-hmm. To me, it's such paranoia. Is so interesting. Yeah. And I think mass paranoia has always. I mean, it's like it's like Salem, right? Oh mass yeah. Mass paranoia. It leads to this kind of unimaginable outcome. Yeah. And that's what the Red Scare and like McCarthyism and all that to me is. It's like, how did, how did, how did this get so out of control? Right. To the point where it's infiltrated the government at the highest levels. Right. We were suspecting everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. The government's legally ambiguous detainment policies eventually spawned a series of high-profile lawsuits that stained Ellis Island's reputation with the American public. In November of 1954, the port was closed for good as part of a federal cost-saving measure. They were like, why do we still have this? We don't use sure. this. Why? We don't Close use it. this. We don't use it. Shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. Shut, shut it, it down. down. I wonder if any of the pro- the lawsuits went to SCOTUS. Oh, we, we should have look to at do that. some digging. That'd yeah. be really fun. If we it did, I mean. I mean. I mean. You don't have to I tell mean. me twice. I want to know what they had to say about the whole thing. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my God, could you imagine? From 1925 to the closing of Ellis Island in 54, only 2.3 million immigrants passed through the New York City port, which was still more than half of all those entering the United States. So even though like the numbers have dwindled, she's still taking. Yeah. At least half of all of the immigrants that are coming like into all the United, United States. States. Immigrants. Right. She's still yeah. like the major port, even with the numbers going yeah. down. When the U.S. government tried to sell... I love this. <laughs> when the U.S. government tried to sell Ellis Island in the 1950s... Let's pause. Let, they tried to what sell... What was the price? <laughs> what, did they put it on Street Easy? <laughs> Beautiful... 13,000 room <laughs> with 10,000 bathrooms right. on a lovely neighborhood. <laughs> in a lovely neighborhood, complete with your own hospital. Floor to ceiling windows. Oh my God. Washer dryer Washer in the basement. Dry- <laughs> oh my God. On site super. Oh my God. It sounds <laughs> remarkable. But then you get there and you're like, oh, it's a rat infested basement. Well, um, sure. Of course. But you can't sell Ellis Island. No, are you kidding that's me? Incra- that's the craziest thing. That's that, so is crazy. most, that is the most that 1950s is the- oh U.S. thing we could possibly dream up. We're like, mm, let's sell this historical landmark right. and try to get something good out of it. I can't wait to hear the ideas of what they wanted to oh, do with this property. You just wait. Love you it or list wait. it, honey. So when the U.S. government tried to sell Ellis Island in the 1950s, would-be developers proposed everything from a drug rehab facility sure. to a resort marina hmm. and even an experimental, quote, city of the future, close quote, designed by architect Frank Lloyd Wright. Sounds very Epcot. Sounds very Epcot. I wouldn't mind, I mean... I, like, I want Ellis Island to 
be like the historical place that it is and a museum and all of that. But I kind of wish we could have had this like city of the future designed by Frank, Frank or Lloyd Wright, like someplace else. Like, what did he think that was? That would have been. Yeah. Fun to I see. mean, why only Ellis Island? Like, why couldn't we have <laughs> like, done there's, that? There's land. Do other it in the Poconos. Places. Like, do it somewhere. Right. For God's sakes. Like, there's also Governor's Island. Like, hi. There is also Governor's Island. There's also other islands there's that I also, can't think of right now. Did you also know that there are so many islands around, like, the Bronx, Manhattan, like, the top part yeah. area that, like, you can't even go to? Like, one of them is just owned by, like, the cell phone tower people. Yeah. And there's – it's, like, on the Google map, but there's this, like, wh- whited out br- – You can't get to it. You can't get it. It's crazy. It's crazy. And And I have to get on that island. We will swim there. If you tell me I can't go there, I need to be inside. Yeah. There's also another one, and I forget the name of it, but it has like abandoned buildings on it. And I'm just like, Get only me I was a millionaire, there. I would pay somebody off. Like, please. Mm-hmm. If, can you imagine? Okay. Let's, if we ever left history and civics in the dust, we should oh have God. a travel channel show or we yeah. visit abandoned historical buildings i i started a just explore (laughs) oh my god lizzie i started a trailer for this and i took a bunch of footage from like i don't know four or five different buildings because i wanted to make a trailer and like make a pitch deck for a show called what did i call it i think it was like history and ruins or something like that but it was all oh yeah but it's like i i really want to do it and I have some good footage, but I just like you know need an extra eight thousand days in the week. But and, I would love and that. that. We come. would, and then it'll come. But I would love that. We should. I would love to do a show that's just like we walk around all of these abandoned buildings and what was it before and this is what it is now and who was here and why. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, are there ghosts? I don't know. Are there that's ghosts? part of the fun. There's part of the fun. Are we gonna die? You don't know. It's part of the fun. We never know. You never know. So none of the schemes for private development got off the ground. Are we shocked or not shocked? I'm couldn't be less shocked in my life. <laughs> Could not be less shocked. And the quote gateway to America spent the next 20 years in political limbo also because it's tied to New York and it is amazing to me that it only took 20 years to solve because New York yeah. is the city takes for flipping ever to do anything. True. Can't still can't figure out the subways. Still can't figure out the subways. Ooh, we had a whole pandemic. Yeah. The island, Ellis Island, was officially opened for tours in 1976, but plans for for a historical museum or renovation didn't come through until the 1980s when automotive pioneer Lee Iacocca helped spearhead a fundraising project for Ellis Island and the Statue of Liberty. I love that, like, for four years, they were just, they were just like, yeah, come, come, come on down. Here's an abandoned building. <laughs> they didn't know what they had. Like, take look around. Take look around. See what you find. See what you find. There's no bathrooms. We're there's not, no. We're not quite sure what's even the here. Wall, but uh, yeah, here's the building. Here's the. <laughs> if that's of interest, <laughs> just watch the edge of the island. You could fall off. Just be Don't careful. Fall in. But it's fine. Don't touch fine. anything. No. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. But, but also, we can't stop you. We can't stop you. It's. A sh- I love that. For yeah. four years, they were like, yeah, come tour. Yeah. The, the property. <laughs> the property. Do you want to buy it? No? All right. That's fine. Oh, Keep yeah, walking. Fine. The restored island was open to the public in September of 1980, which is absolutely insane to me because I was five. Yeah. 
That's absolutely crazy to me. And it now receives around 3 million visitors each year. Great. It reminds me of the infamous, infamous scene in the blockbuster film Hitch starring Will Smith, Mm -hmm. where he takes, oh gosh, what is that actress's name? He takes the leading lady Mm -hmm. to Ellis Island and shows her that her ancestors came over through Ellis Island. And it's a big romantic moment in the film. What? If nobody's seen the film Hitch. What? Can't recommend it enough. It's Ava Mendez. That's who it is. It's Ava Mendez. Ava Mendez. Okay, yeah, yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah. It's pretty remarkable. It's a pretty remarkable That's film. Awesome. And I and I know this is, it'll be archived somehow in Ellis Island, the film Hitch. Uh, I hope they do play it uh, in their, what I'm sure is there's a little movie in, theater it's there. It's in screening room four, I've heard. It's in screening room four. So shout out to that film. And let's go ahead, since we teased this at the top of the episode, but let's close out with the first fun facts of 2022. So this is a fun facts, fun facts, fun facts, fun facts, fun facts about Ellis Island. You're welcome for this first one. You gave this to me. This is your belated gifts to me. Uh I didn't get you anything for Christmas this year. So this is your. (laughs) So this is my gift. This This is your gift. Mm -hmm. This is for this is for us. This is just for all of us. Mm -hmm. So the first fun fact is. Ellis Island was used for pirate hangings in the early 1800s. Pirate hanging. The pirates are back. The pirates yo, are back. Yo, the pirates yo. are back. We cannot escape them. We were very afraid. We cannot escape the pirates. And, no. and I don't want to at this point. I'm very committed to the pirate they uh, are history a in of the our United history. States. Oh, yes. Yeah. Nobody talks enough about the pirates. I can't no. say it enough. I did not learn about them in the history books. No. So long before it became a way station for people looking for a new beginning, Ellis Island, named for its last private owner, Samuel Ellis, was known as a place where condemned prisoners met their end. Yummy, yummy. Mm-hmm. For the most part of the early 19th century, the island was used to hang convicted pirates, criminals, and, ooh, mutinous, mutinous sailors. And New York eventually took to calling it Gibbet Island after the wooden post or gibbet where the bodies of the deceased were displayed. You gotta appreciate corporal punishment. You have to appreciate corporal punishment. You also have to appreciate the lack of creativity Mm, that we continue to show in naming things. Why not call it Death Island? That's way more metal than Gibbet Island. That's awesome. That is a movie worth watching. Death Island? That's great. Mm Mm-hmm. It reverted to the name Ellis Island in the years after the last hanging in 1839 and later served as a Navy munitions depot before being repurposed as a federal immigration station. So she had many lives mm-hmm. before she became the immigration station we know and love. She, she has a rough. checkered past. Mm-hmm. Yep. Next fun fact. The first immigrants to arrive at Ellis Island were three unaccompanied 
minors. Ellis Island accepted its first new arrivals on New Year's Day, 1892, when the steamship Nevada arrived with 124 passengers from Europe. The first would-be immigrant to set foot on the island was Annie Moore, a teenager from County Cork, Ireland, who had crossed the Atlantic with her 11- and 7-year-old brothers en route to reuniting with family in New York. A U.S. Treasury Department official and a Catholic chaplain were on hand to welcome Moore, and Ellis Island's commissioner awarded her with a $10 gold piece to mark the occasion. So they really rolled out the red carpet they for do. old they were Annie. Like, welcome, immigrants. Welcome. Welcome, children. I also love this girl also, traveling with her two brothers. Like, damn. Traveling with two brothers. Also, we're not exploring the fact that somebody from the Treasury Department showed up. I know. Here's a gold coin. Bing. It's like, <laughs> I also love the Catholic, Catholic chaplain chat, welcoming. It's like, okay, God I bless. I, I, I love that they're welcoming somebody from Ireland. I hope that all went over well. Yeah. Today, a statue of Moore and her brothers is kept on display at the Ellis Island Immigration Museum. Go off, Annie. I wonder if she knew. Get in here. Or if she, like, when she arrived was like, oh, my 15 minutes. Oh, who, me? (laughs) Yeah, and it's like, did she happen to be the first one? Or did they, like, unboard children first? Right, right, right. You know, like, was it pre-decided? Like, how, you know. How did it all go down? I want to know. Questions. So the next fun fact, the island wasn't the first place immigrants landed when they arrived in New York. While Ellis Island was the official entry point for immigrants to the United States, it wasn't the first piece of American soil that they encountered. The waters surrounding the island were too shallow for transatlantic ships to navigate, so most docked and unloaded their passengers in Manhattan. During the detour, American citizens and first- and second-class passengers were allowed to enter the country after only a brief inspection, but steerage passengers were herded onto ferries and shuttled to Ellis Island for further processing. I love it. I love it. Classism always existing. Oh, of course. It's it's, great. It undergirds our economy and country in a way that we just never talk about. The stopover was occasionally clouded by corruption. I am shocked. What? Shocked. (laughs) Around the turn of the century, crooked immigration officials were known to take a dollar or two bribes in exchange for letting immigrants get off in Manhattan without first going through inspection at Ellis Island. Sure. Yeah. This one was interesting to me because I do think it's like a, it's something that we associate with with Ellis Island. And really, I get this association from the Fievel movies, the um, Fievel mm. American Tale, Fievel Goes West, all of those. But mm-hmm. I don't. But so this was interesting to read about. Last fun fact, immigrants didn't have their names changed at the island. American cultural lore is rich with tales of immigrants, ethnic sounding names being anglicized or shortened during their passage through Ellis Island. Yet there is no evidence that such a practice ever took place. Immigration officials merely checked the person's identity against the manifests of the ship that brought them to America, and there was no policy advising them to forcibly alter their names. Some immigrants voluntarily chose to change their names to help assimilate into American culture, but they did so before they left their home country or after they had gained admission to the United States. 
A notable exception to the name-changing policy came in 1908 when a traveler named Frank Woodhull admitted that he had been born a woman named Mm. Mary Johnson and had spent the previous 15 years living as a man, which is amazing to me. Crazy. Yeah. Where's this story? I know. Where's this story? After briefly detaining Woodhull, officials allowed him to enter the country, but not before changing his name back to Mary Johnson. Hmm. You suck. But, like, I'm not surprised. We we barely understand this now. Yeah. 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 But it is, you know, because you're right. Like, I do associate Ellis Island with name changing. Yeah. And it's interesting to think that we could have been misled. Not that it, not that name changing didn't happen, but that it just didn't happen in the way that we. That it wasn't, like, forcibly thrust to you know they weren't told to do it that they that often and i guess maybe after i read that i was like oh yeah i guess i just assumed that sometimes people were forced to change it but yeah like i i mean i at one point when i was like you know in my 20s thinking about becoming an actor i was like i should change my last name because it's hard to say i mean really it's not it's very phonetic but you do think about like ease and what people are going to respond to and yeah i mean well and also it's like not i mean even more nefarious than that but like changing your name so you're not discriminated against based on your name Mm -hmm. you know if you have a super polish sounding name or you have a super whatever sounding name there are certainly bigots and people who don't even want to hire you or speak to you because of what your name is right so to anglicize your name Offers a layer of protection right. against that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. What would what would have your stage what would your stage name have been? Oh my god. I never really got that far in thinking about it. I I, I think at one point I was like, oh, so, oh my god. So whenever we would go to restaurants and like put our names down for a table, my mom would always give the last name of Wally. Like W A L L Y. And I was like, yeah. oh, but that sounds stupid. And then I was like, oh, I could just go by, like, my first and middle name. But that's very, like, Madonna. Because my middle name sure. is not a last name. Um, and then I think eventually I gave up because I realized that, like, there were people. I mean, okay, so Mariska Hagerty is, like, not a fair example. But, like, her name, like, is hard to say. Or sure. I think, like, not far, whatever TV show that she was on was not that far from when I was thinking about this, maybe, like, five or seven years removed. But, like, Melina Kanakaridis had a career. Like, mm-hmm. if you can say that uh, Saoirse name. Ronan. Like, can, or Saoirse Ronan. Sponsor like, the show. Yeah. If you can say those names, like, you can say my name. My name is very phonetic. So, I think eventually I just, like, decided against it and gave up. But it wasn't like I was going to be, like, Arden... La Brea. Do you know what I mean? I, was <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> oh, now thinking I'm about so it, I'm so glad that you're not Arden La Brea. <laughs> oh this show God. just wouldn't be able to exist if you were Arden La Brea. No, you would Hi, laugh I'm in my Lizzie face. I'm Lizzie Stewart, and I'm Arden La Brea, and this is Let's Get Cynical. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be amazing. Oh my God, I would laugh in my face every day. I'd look I in the mirror that. and be like, you're a dumbass. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, on that note, uh, there's simply no other way to close out the episode, but that <laughs> that it concludes the notes on Ellis Island. Uh, like we said at the top, if you haven't listened to our Statue of Liberty episode, definitely give that an old Lissy listen and keep an ear out for a mini episode that will come to you maybe in the month of January. Yes. That is all about the abandoned hospital that still rests on the soil today. But in the meantime, we love you so, so much. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. As always, you can rate, you can review, and you can subscribe to us. We love you so, so much. And we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.